Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. We live in a world that is inundated with stress, distressful news, breaking news that breaks your heart, heartbreaking situations, broken relationships that wear you down and exhaust you and cause you, maybe cause you to question God's presence. Maybe it causes you to question your purpose in our world. Wow. Hi, I'm Ben. This is Afternoons with Bill Arnold. And our guest this afternoon is Nate Pickowitz. He is a pastor, he is a teacher, and he's written this book called The Kindness of God. Nate, thank you, and welcome to Afternoons with Bill Arnold. Thank you so much for having me with you. Oh, the goodness of God. I am so grateful that this conversation, your book, that you showed up just in time when you did, because uh, there are people that I have conversations with almost every single day that are desperate for the, the, the healing touch, the goodness of God, because they feel like they don't deserve the goodness of God. And we all sin. We all fall short of God's glory, right? That's right. Can you help us understand? Let's just get right to it. Can you help us understand how good our God is, how kind our God is? Yeah, so when we consider the goodness of God and the kindness of God, I think it's helpful to, to sort of delineate between the two. Uh, God's goodness is his character. It's, his, uh, it's who he is inside his uh, his inward moral perfection as they say so that's that's who he is he is good all the time everything he does everything he thinks everything he says so that is this inherent goodness kindness however is when god expresses that goodness to us to his people uh he also expresses kindness to the world we call that common grace it's when God is, you know, he makes the rains fall, he makes the sun shine, that's for everybody. But there's a specific way that God deals with his people, and he demonstrates a kindness to us. And so that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the heart of God expressed to us in kindness. And so that's what this book is all about. Mm, loving kindness and compassion and how it can give us freedom to live joyful and fulfilling lives. So as somebody who's listening right now, after a long, hard day, they're on their way home, and they're desperate again i use that word for the kindness of god where can they find it yeah so go to the go to god's word i mean we begin there uh, the whole point of this book was to to spend some time just understanding what god has to say about his own kindness to us i i think a lot of this you know i've done a couple of these interviews talking about the book and i think the thing that comes up over and over again is that we we it's a matter of perspective you know we don't we don't uh, understand or comprehend his kindness to us because we're starting from the the wrong presupposition we're starting with the wrong idea uh that somehow if if i'm not getting what i think i deserve or if i'm not getting the kindness that i received you know last week or last month or you know if i'm not getting goodness from god that something's wrong and he he's not keeping up his end of the bargain or he's not being good but i think we have to begin with the fact that frankly, none of us deserve God's kindness. 
nobody deserves God's grace. And you mentioned it a few minutes ago that all of us have sin. Uh, we're broken people. We're, we're flawed people. We're sinful people. And so I think it's a matter of training our minds and, and going to the word of God to understand that whatever we receive that's good, that's from God, we are to be thankful for. So I think understanding that we're, we're undeserving, all of a sudden we begin to, to look around and when we start to see God's goodness displayed to us, then we, be, we begin to be thankful and, uh, and our hearts begin to well up with joy and adoration and thanksgiving and praise. And then we actually worship him. Mm. And then even in the, in the down times, we can see his hand. Right, because of the mercy, right? You just what you just said, and what we've been talking about. Um, we all sin, we all fall short of God's glory. But He had mercy, and probably the kindest thing anybody has ever done for anybody in the history of the universe is when God sent His Son Jesus. That's right to this earth yes. to live as a perfect example for us, and then sacrificed absolutely everything for us. I mean, you can't get much more kind than that. In fact, that's what the Bible says. There is no greater love than laying down one's life for one's friends. Yeah, Titus 3, you know, verse 4 says, but when the kindness of God our Savior and his love appeared, he saved us. So exactly what you're saying, that the, the salvation we receive in Christ is a pure kindness of God. And again, going back to grace. So grace, just for your listeners, is unmerited favor. It's a it's a blessing of God that we receive that we didn't do anything to deserve. Whereas mercy is when we actually don't, we specifically don't deserve the kindness of God, and yet he gives it to us. So when God gives his son, nobody deserves it. Not only that, but there's nothing we can do to earn it. And yet, out of loving kindness, he gives his son as a ransom for many, the Bible says, and it's a tremendous kindness. Oh, it's the most amazing thing. Uh, they wrote a song, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound, That Saved a Wretch Like Me. Amen. This is Afternoons with Bill Arnold. We're talking to Nate Pickowitz. The Kindness of God is the book, Beholding His Goodness in a Really Cruel World. And and don't we experience that today with the things that you see in the news or you even just came across at work or as you're picking your kid up from school this afternoon? Nate, here's a question. Do you believe God's kindness is misunderstood or misjudged? I think it is. And, and again, I think it's that faulty presupposition. I think that uh, we, we tend to look at the bad things that happen in our life and we say, well, wait a second, I thought that God was loving and kind. You know, why would this terrible thing happen to me? And I think that's been the biggest thing that's come up, uh, at least to my mind, is, is people really stuck like, I can't pay my mortgage. I'm having a health problem. I can't, I'm not talking to my son right now. How is God kind in the midst of all that? Mm. And uh, there's a chapter in the book called The Kindness of God in Suffering. And I try to bring through scripture and explore. There are times when even the things that we don't perceive to be good things, God can still use those. And, and in fact, many times those are kindnesses, hidden kindnesses to us. I think about Lamentations 3.32 for mm -hmm. if he causes grief, then he will have compassion according to his abundant loving kindness. So it is a matter of perspective and, and trying to see things through his eyes, seeing our suffering through his eyes. Mm. But it's absolutely uh, important. Mm. Nate, uh, as, as I hear you speaking and talking about kindness, and as we're trying to understand and experience uh, the kindness of God and really just have a conversation about it this afternoon, um, how do these understandings, how do these conversations these deeper dives into God's kindness lead to a greater understanding of who he is. 
Yeah, again, it goes back to his goodness. It goes back to what we call the attributes or perfections of God. Um, that, uh, again, God is not a cosmic genie. He doesn't just sit around waiting for us to to rub the lamp and make wishes. You know, he's not arbitrary. Um, but actually, when we when we receive God's kindness, we're we're seeing the the very nature of God, the goodness of His His deity displayed to us, and we actually get to behold His His manifold brilliance mm-hmm. in the midst of His character. So I think to understand His kindness, and again, we see it all throughout. The book I've written, but even just throughout all the scriptures, uh, just the manifold kindnesses of God to us. So I think I think we misunderstand how good He is, but I think we also misunderstand how sinful we are mm. and how we're worthy. And actually, it, it is just to punish wickedness, and yet in mercy, He does still extend kindness to us. So I think it really is a matter of understanding God rightly, because I think that especially in the world of like the prosperity gospel, for example. I think so many people get hurt because they think to themselves, wait a second, he's not acting the way I thought he was going to act without understanding that he is still good, but he's also holy and he's also righteous and he's just. So this is an exploration into the to the attributes, to the character of God. I think that's right. why it's so important. Yeah, totally. Nate, I, I, you know, you just talked about we misunderstand how kind God is and we misunderstand how sinful we are. Um, would you help define both of those kind of um I don't know, polarities that have this, this giant chasm in between. Yeah. So I think when we understand the nature the character of God, you know, the scripture affirms over and over again, that he's holy, holy, holy. He is set apart and he is pure and he is exalted and lifted up, That there's no one like him. I think that oftentimes we tend to make God very common in our minds. Uh, we treat him as though he's just another buddy and we don't we don't give him the reverence and the worship and the honor that's due his name. And I think that when we when we treat him that way, and he doesn't act the way our buddies do, and doesn't act the way that our parents do, for example, we say, well, wait a second here, that's not fair, that's not good. But we stand in judgment of him, and I think we misunderstand that he is wholly other, and he is righteous and he's good. So I think we're talking about the perfection of God. Those are in, important things to to comprehend, but even going back to our sinfulness and what is sin? I mean, really, technically, the word in the Bible means to miss the mark. And what is that mark? Well, that's the mark of God's perfect standard, uh, that nobody is able to do it either by commission or omission, meaning that even, even our latent impulses, you know, we are sinful at heart. So what do we do with that? Well, we throw ourselves on God's mercy and we say, just like the uh, you know, the tax collector, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinful person, like help me be be gracious to me, O Lord. We cry out to him and ask for forgiveness through Christ. We cry out to him and ask him for help. And in his kindness, he blesses and he restores those who belong to him. So I think it really is a study of what does the Bible teach us about who God is and who we are. And then after that, who is Christ and what has he done for us? Mm. And experiencing that kindness completely shifts who you are as a person and how you interact with other people. It does. I mean, I think about uh, Ephesians 4.32, where the Bible says, be kind to one another. And then he says, tenderhearted. Mm. Well, why? What's the reason, Paul? Well, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. So when we become Christians, when we become saved by God's grace through faith in Christ, and we become believers, we become Christians because God has forgiven us of our sins in Christ and by his kindness. And once we realize that we've been forgiven much, 
then isn't our desire at that point as new creations in Christ to then forgive other people too? How could we owe such a great debt to God that deserves to be paid for? How could we owe such a, a debt to him, have him wipe it out mm. completely, and then turn to our, our neighbor and say, now you owe me everything mm. and go after them? I mean, there, the scripture is very clear. Like that is not how a forgiven person acts. That's not how how a person who's received kindness then demonstrates the heart of God to other people. So it has a, a tremendous transformative effect on us as people in dealing with other people as well. Mm. Nate Pickowitz has written this book. It's called The Kindness of God, Beholding His Goodness in a Cruel World. And we're going to have uh, continue a conversation today in just a couple of minutes about how God uses suffering for his benefit and ultimately to benefit us and others and how that falls under the umbrella of the kindness of God. This is Afternoons with Bill Arnold on Faith Radio. I'm Ben, and if you have a question about anything you're hearing today or you want to really understand or experience or know the God of kindness, text the word FAITH to 877-933-2481. I'm sorry, I messed up that phone number. I'd like to say that one more time. Text the word FAITH to 41224. Please forgive me. That's the word FAITH to 41224. You'll be glad you did. This is Faith Radio. You are not alone. Do you believe me when I say that? You are not alone. The enemy wants you to believe that you are not only alone, all alone, but to make you feel bad about it. That's loneliness. And it's a lie. Jesus tells us that the enemy tells us lies to rob us of our joy, kill our hope, and destroy our lives. And so if you're experiencing loneliness today, let me say this. You're not alone. The enemy is using the weapon of loneliness against a lot of people right now. But here's the good news. God is present. God is present right now, and he's closer to you than your very next breath. God loves you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. You were created for relationship with him. And that sense of loneliness that you have right now, well, that's an indication that your heart knows it. Loneliness is the spiritual indicator that real love, real companionship, real relationship, real life are all possible. And guess what? Jesus literally came to make that connection with you. Do you want to know more? Text the word lonely to 877-933-2484. And I'll drop in on you to remind you that God is present and you're not alone. Text Lonely, L-O-N-E-L-Y, to 877-933-2484. Connecting faith to life. Faith Radio. May your unfailing love be my comfort, according to your promise to your servant. Psalm 119, 76. This is Afternoons with Bill Arnold. My name is Ben. You're listening to Faith Radio. We're having a conversation today with Nate Pickowitz. He's a he's a pastor and he's a teacher and he's written this book on the kindness of God, beholding his goodness in a cruel world. And it is so hard, Nate. Would you give us some tools um, on how to do that? Because oftentimes 
We see what's happening on the news. We see people shouting here and there. Sometimes we see it on the corners of the streets as we're driving to pick up our kids. Or maybe even on Sunday morning as we're driving to church. We're looking for the kindness, the tenderness of God, that he is alive, that he is active, that he is still present, that that he still has a purpose for our life. Nate, thank you for joining Afternoons with Bill Arnold on Faith Radio. Can you help us see the kindness of God today? I know you've mentioned um, several other ways to do it, but for people that are just getting in their car right now, just a quick refresher. Yeah, so again, we're talking about uh, God's character, his his nature, the fact that God is good. That's who he is. Like he is goodness personified. And out of that goodness, a heart that is good, he demonstrates his kindness to us. And, and that comes in a multitude of ways. I mean, we know from James 1.17 that every good and perfect gift is coming down to us from the Father of lights. So every single thing you experience in your life that is good, you can praise God for that, mm. uh, from the smallest thing to the biggest thing, your family, your children, your health. And if you're a Christian, uh, your salvation. I mean, we, we ought to be praising God for our salvation. And I would even say for your listeners, if you're not a Christian, if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, uh, get right with God right now. Confess your sins to God. Uh, put your trust in Christ who has paid the price for you on the cross Believe in him and you'll be forgiven and he will grant you everlasting life. And that becomes the beginning of now I know I can be in relationship with God and I can experience his loving kindness on a very personal level. It's not just random common grace, you know, out there. It's it's me and God in a relationship. But I think, again, you know, we go through difficulty and I would just encourage people turn to the word of God. Uh, That's all I did for this book was just lean into the scriptures because there's so much here. Uh, that is instructive and helpful for us, um, that's where I go. That's the deep well that I go swimming in because I, I have it. I don't have it on my own. Uh, I can look around at good things around me, but to know God's word, I mean, that's where he's going to comfort us. So, so many scriptures I could go to uh, and want to be encouraging to you guys. Mm, I appreciate that. Nate Pickowitz, The Kindness of God on Afternoons with Bill Arnold here on Faith Radio. As we go to the scripture and we know the story of Job, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. So blessed mm-hmm. be the name of the Lord. So how does God use suffering for his benefit and ultimately to benefit us and others? How is that part of his kindness? Yeah, that's one of the most challenging questions out there. You look at the life of Job and, you know, that's that was his challenge. You know, Lord, I'm a righteous man. I worship you. I serve you. And then he loses everything, loses his his kids, his wealth, his health, everything in his life, even his wife turns against him and tells him to curse God and die. Uh, Just a really rough go. And he spends the whole book trying to figure out like, what happened? What did I do wrong? And by the end of the story, we realize he's asking the wrong question. It isn't about trying to figure out why things are bad. Why did things go wrong? What did I do? How, you know, how come this happened to me? That isn't the, the purpose. The purpose is to get your eyes off of yourself and look to the Lord uh, he's the one who sustains us. But the Bible actually tells us that God, in, in Hebrews chapter 12, that he disciplines those he loves. Mm. He actually brings these things to us because he loves us. And well, why did we do that? Well, for the same reason that we discipline our own children in love, not to be abusive to them. God doesn't abuse his, his children, doesn't abuse us, but he disciplines us, the Bible says, uh, for our good, that we might share his holiness. And then he says in verse 11, All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful. Amen to that, right? (laughs) He says, but sorrowful yet to those who've been trained by it. Afterwards, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. So God has many different ways that he uses 
difficulty, trials, suffering to actually grow us and, and conform us to the image of Christ, pull us away from the, the, the love for the world and actually draw him, draw us closer to him in a relationship. And so uh, I talk about that a little bit in the book. There's a whole chapter on the kindness of God and suffering. And uh, I just think it's so important that we, we see our life and our trials in the, in the light that, that God gives us in Scripture. We have to see our pain for what it is. Amen. Nate Pickowitz, The Kindness of God on Afternoons with Bill Arnold. I'm Ben. I love James chapter 1 um, in mm-hmm. verse 2. You know, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. And for the longest time, I was like, what? Exactly. doesn't make any sense. <laughs> because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And I don't know anywhere else in the Bible where it says you will come to complete maturity and complete understanding. And so um, that kindness and so thanking God even for the hard stuff has been an absolute mind shift for me. Amen to that. And you know, it, so many believers I know, and, and I, I would encourage people too. you know, when you're going to church, when you're around other Christians, Find the believer that, that who's been a Christian for the longest and the most faithful one. The more gray hairs, the better. And just ask them, you know, have, have you seen God be kind to you? How, have, how has your walk been? Tell me about your trials. Give, give me your testimony. Ask them for testimony. And you'll find that the, these mature believers who still love Christ dearly, they will testify to God's goodness to them, even in the face of trials. I'll never forget, I was in church and they were giving a, a time of testimony. There was a man who'd suffered through stage four cancer. And they, the pastor asked, you know, what are you guys thankful for? And there was lots of hands going up around the room and it was good. Then this man who stood up and we all knew his story. And he said, I'm thankful to God for my cancer. And everybody just about gasped in the room. I mean, we didn't know what to say. And he said, because it's through cancer that I came to realize that I was actually a false convert. I, I wasn't really a Christian and God brought me to my knees I became aware of my sin. I confessed my need for Christ. He saved me. He says, so my cancer is how I got to Christ. And so he praised God for cancer because he's now going to heaven. So again, so much that we learn from people's testimonies in seeing our trials through God's eyes. And I love James 1. I'm so glad you went there. Really, really important for us. I also like what you say in your book quite often. Um, you refer to Psalm 63, 3. It says, your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. And through James chapter 1 and then into Psalm 63, God's love, tenderness, and mercy, and how he never stops pursuing you is better than life itself. It's amazing, right? And so I, you know, I, I ask you these questions on Afternoons with Bill Arnold here on Faith Radio um, because there are people out there in the audience that want to experience or know this unfailing love that's better than life itself. Because at times, Pastor, you and even I hold on to things of the flesh. We're sinful beings. That's right. How do we chase after that unfailing love that is better than life? I mean, obviously, it's reading the Bible. It's it's going to church. It's it's having a, a healthy prayer life and a relationship with Christ. Um, and it, it, there can be other things. But that's yeah, what we're I searching think, for. That's right. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I'm a simple man. So for me, I mean, very basic spiritual disciplines. But again, we, you're beginning with your relationship with God first to make sure that you're actually right with God. That's why the gospel is so important. 
That's why making sure that you actually have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that he's your savior. It all begins with that, because once once you have that, then you are, the Bible says, reconciled to God. You were estranged before. You were dead in trespasses and sins. You were apart from God, but you've been brought near to God through the blood of Christ. So make sure that you're reconciled to God in salvation. And then once that happens, again, that itself is a, a pure kindness of God. But when we talk about God's loving kindness being better than life, again, so many people, they try to make their life the thing that they're most uh, satisfied in, that if I can just you know, get the good job and marry the right person and have the right number of kids and money and keep my health up. And they try to build this little empire here. But what happens when that crumbles? What happens when your job, you know, lays you off or someone gets sick or what happens? You know, there's all the million things that can go wrong. If our hope is in this life only, then we're set up for for misery. It's not it's never going to deliver what our heart desires. But understanding and knowing Christ personally mm. And then beginning to see all of these things in light of knowing him, we begin to see that, boy, even knowing Christ is enough, but then eternity in heaven with Christ, that's better than life. Mm. That, that kindness that we receive from him is so much better than anything I can get from myself here. What does it profit a man if you gain the whole world and lose mm. your soul? But on the other side of it, what will you gain in Christ? Everything. Mm. Everything. So put your hope in Christ. Amen. Pastor Nate. One final question. We're down to the final couple of minutes here. The understanding of God's kindness. How does that influence how we see or respond to what we see and experience in the news, whether it's politics, wars, um, division, anger? Add to the yeah, list. I, yeah, I think that's it's a challenging thing right now because right now, I mean, I'm you know, we're in America here, but you know the 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 polarized. Um, political field and cultural field and without even picking sides here it's just you see that there's so much vitriol in the language how we deal with each other uh, how we look at people who aren't like us that don't agree with us and our tendency we there used to be what we call common decency it doesn't exist anymore we, we vilify our enemies and we hate them so on and so forth and what happens is that the church falls into that too i think a little bit where believers now they buy into that cultural mandate of just being hateful and spiteful and just being harsh and uh and that should not be who we are as believers i mean again we're we're recipients of god's kindness and his grace and his love why would we then turn around and be vicious to somebody else so i think it has to inform our our worldview it has to inform how we talk to people who we don't agree with uh, whether it's the voting booth and the school system, wherever it is, you know, we, we are ambassadors for Christ here. And, and we, we owe God uh, our loving kindness toward other people. And I think that too many people right now are entitled. We are an entitled generation. And we, if, it's, if we receive kindness, it's not enough. We've got to have more. But a believer who has received much and understands that none of this is deserved, then you begin to praise and thank God. And then in doing so, you get to thank other people as well. We become grateful people. That's a, that's a paradigm shift. The mm. world doesn't know, they don't have to do with that. So let's be ambassadors for Christ, understand his kindness to us, and then ourselves be kind to other people. That will change the world. Mm. Nate Pickowitz, he's a pastor and teacher, pastor of Harvest Bible Church in Gilmanton Ironworks, New Hampshire. And this book is called The Kindness of God. 
beholding his goodness in a cruel world. Thank you for joining Afternoons with Bill Arnold. We appreciate that. Coming up next, we're going to talk to uh, Pastor Gail Crott. Really excited to talk to him, too. He's written this book called God Moments. Just amazing encounters with the divine in everyday life. He's next on Faith Radio. This is Afternoons with Bill Arnold. I am not Bill Arnold. I'm Ben Holson, and grateful that you're here. We're going to have another conversation uh, this afternoon, one that I'm excited to have. His name is Pastor Gail Crott, and he's written this book called God Moments, Amazing Encounters with the Divine in Everyday Life. Pastor Gail, thank you for joining Afternoons with Bill Arnold. Well, it's really good, and I am Gail Crock, so. <laughs> yes, you oh, are. Sorry, my attempt at bad humor. Uh, <laughs> it's really nice to be on the show. Thank you, Ben, for such a warm welcome and having me back. Right. So let me ask you this question. We're super excited to have you. Um, God moments are real. I tell myself all the time and as I pray, um, God, I want to experience you almost like as I'm driving down the road and you hit me like T-bone me in an intersection like a Mack truck. I want to experience you because the more I experience you, the more I crave to be more in relationship with you. Um, for people that are listening right now to Faith Radio, tell me about these God moments. Tell me about how real they are and, and the fact that they happen around us all the time. Well, you said something like being hit with a truck, but for me, God moments are actually quite quiet Mm. when the Lord speaks to my heart. It's not like being hit by a truck, kind of like Elijah when he went to the mountain. He was expecting the voice of God to be in the wind, the earthquake and all that. And God's voice was actually in the whisper of the wind. So in the latest book I got out, Jesus in the Mountains, I talk about hearing the voice of God and what that's like, because people have asked me, have you ever heard the audible voice of God? And I go, no, I have not. It's more like having an impression Mm. of something you know that you should do. You just know it, but it's so light, you uh, you could ignore it or you could act on it. And so many times, um, a lot of the God moments I've walked into is because I obeyed uh, an impression or a thought that came to my mind that maybe I should call someone or do something uh, that I wouldn't normally do. And then I walked it out by faith and then something really good uh, becomes of that. And so, um, cause you know, sometimes you talk about hearing from God, people don't know what that means. They don't know what that looks like. Right. Oh, you're absolutely yes. right. I passed. Good. I know I've, I've heard from God but not in an audible way. It came in my ear, but I like the word that you use, kind of an impression. It came yeah. in my ear, but almost imprinted onto my heart or into my mind, per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was or a thought it, that's reoccurring. Right. Yeah, right. totally. As I pray for your show, I had a reoccurring thought that came to me over the last two days that we would have listeners that are struggling with suicidal thoughts. Now, if you're out there and you are struggling with this, uh, the suicide hotline is 988. Again, 988. I know that you are so valuable to God. I don't want you to think that you weren't. But I had a God moment this weekend. I was in Pontiac, Michigan. Uh, The name of the church, it's a Spanish church. It was um, called, um, it was, oh, now I can't even think of the name. It's in 
It's called Bethel Apostolic House. And one of the intercessors was at the altar, and she was taking her hands and going, bump, 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 bump. I go, what is she doing? So I said, well, what are you doing? She says, I'm, I'm listening for God's heartbeat. And then I thought, you know how valuable people are? If you're out there listening to me, I want you to know that it was God himself that started your first heartbeat. So there's nobody that, everybody's valuable. Everybody, everybody, God loves everybody. He started your heartbeat. He has a reason for you. He has a plan, you know, and that was a real God moment for me. And that was a really cool way of thinking. I thought, Holy Spirit, that was, we did three days and three night vigil. I mean, I just come off that. And so I just could see her over there doing that bump, 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 bump with her hand. And I go, I'm going to find out what she's doing. And when I did, I went, wow, that's cool. And so if you're struggling, you guys say you have a text line, right? Do you know what that is? Yes, sir. It's 877-933-2484. And we just encourage you to call that number or text that number if you're struggling. And and uh, I just want to say a really quick prayer. Lord, I just pray for those that would be struggling with suicidal thoughts. Jesus, you love them more than anyone in the whole wide world. You gave their life for them so they could have eternal life. No matter what is going on around them, I pray that your peace and your light would invade their darkness and minister to them right where they're at, driving down the road. Maybe they're in the house. Maybe they're drinking a cup of coffee. I don't know what they're doing, but Lord, I pray that your presence would meet them right where they're at in Jesus' name. Amen. So I had this reoccurring thought that you would have some listeners struggling, and it came to me three or four times. So I thought, you know, I'm just going to throw that yeah. out there and let it minister to people because that way they know that God has their number. So it's more like obeying the the promptings that you're feeling mm-hmm. in your heart, and you could easily ignore them. Right. Pastor Gail, can you remind me what the suicide helpline uh, three-digit number was that you said, just in case? Um, 988. 988, and then you just hit send on your cell phone. I looked it up before we came online, because if you're going to talk about it, you want to give people an avenue mm-hmm. to call. Right. Um. Yeah, so, um, and again, you know, just the littlest things growing up, I missed the God moment. You know, I had an impression that I should uh, go talk to a gentleman that was in our church, and he was an elderly gentleman, and he sat up front, heard the gospel his whole life, but I knew he wasn't living right. I knew the things he was doing behind the scene, and the Lord, the prompting was, go go talk to him about Jesus, go talk. And I just ignored it. Then one day I was driving home late at night and there was lights and sirens all around his house. He died, had a massive coronary. And I thought, Lord, I'll never, the next time I feel a prompting, I don't care how it makes me look. I'm going to obey it to see where it leads. If it leads nowhere and I contact someone, at least they know I love them. But maybe it'll lead into a God moment that will change somebody's life. Mm. Pastor Gail, why do you think we've made it so hard for our, ourselves to have these God moments? Is it is the pressure, the stress, the attaining, achieving culture, the busy, 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 that that the the still small voice is so hard to hear at times? I think it's religion that has made it hard. Religion. 
religion. The religious world would say, oh, many of them today, God doesn't speak today. God doesn't speak like that today. There's that line of thought out there. And then, one, the busyness of this world that we're in, that, that clutters our ears. Two, if you go off and tell somebody that you heard the Lord speak to you, many people think you're crazy, but they don't realize that God loves this world and he loves every person on it. And we are his hands, we are his feet, and we are his voice. And so if the Lord the Lord really wants to speak to somebody, most likely he's going to use you and he's going to use me and the average ordinary person, which I consider myself. And, and so I just think it's the busyness of this world, but also I think religion has made it so where it's never talked about in our churches much today. Now, I'm not saying it's not talked about in many churches, because even in Elijah's day, God told him he had 7,000 that had it about its knee to bail. But still in a lot of churches today, you don't hear him talking about it, and some you do. And so people are not discipled on how to hear the voice of God, which I think is so important. Now, Pastor Gail, I, I'm just going back to your book, God Moments, and how we can experience these and just hear God's voice. And for those that have struggled with this and they're trying to hear God's voice and kind of take that next step and they just want to be in, uh, immersed in him, but they're still struggling with it. Is there a prayer that they can have? Is, is there somebody they can talk to about this like yourself? I mean, what is your recommendation for people who want to experience this, but for whatever reason, they're just, they're not there yet? Well, they can email me at Gail, G-A-L-E, at spiritual care consultants with an s on the end.com the thing that i would say that we need to start doing which we find very hard to do in today's society is take time to be with jesus in the quiet hours of the morning so this morning i was up at 4 25 a.m and i spent my time with the lord until 6 a.m uh, I had my coffee. I had my music with no words. I have this music I like to listen to that just and, and when you're up early in the morning, your your brain waves are slowed down. And as I'm up, just spending time with him, sometimes I'll just shut my eyes and listen to what comes into my heart, but also think in terms of edification, exhortation, and comfort. If the Lord is going to have you reach out and you feel prompted to do something, ask yourself, is it edifying? Is it comforting? Is it going to be encouraging? Because I think those are very three important things you can put to the test because we know Satan isn't going to do any of those three. He's going to still steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And he also said, my sheep know my voice, and another they will not follow. So, Lord, I want to be one of your sheep that learns how to hear your voice, even if it's a small prompting in my heart of something he wants me to do. God Moments, amazing encounters with the divine in everyday life. That's the name of the book from Pastor Gail Crod. This is Afternoons with Bill Arnold on Faith Radio. True Life real life accounts that will warm your heart and ignite your fire to be used by God effectively. We'll hear more of them 
and ones you will not forget, next on Faith Radio. Hi there and welcome. If you are a new listener, we want to officially welcome you with a free welcome packet gift. Request yours today at MyFaithRadio.com. God is alive and he is active and we're hearing moments, uh, God moments, amazing encounters with God in everyday life with Pastor Gail Crott on Afternoons with Bill Arnold. Good afternoon. My name is Ben. Our phone number is 877-933-2484. If you have a moment that you'd like to share with us, we'd love to hear that too. So back to Pastor Gail. Let's tell the story about two grape juices. Yes, I know. I love that. I love that chapter, chapter 17. Well, one night, I was driving home late from Holland, Michigan. I'm on M40. It's about 1 a.m. in the morning. It's a driving rain, and I get the impression, pick up two grape juices. That's what I felt in my heart. And I had this little conversation with with God. Well, I don't want two grape juices. And I felt over and over, you should pick these up. So I pulled over in the gas station. I thought, well, I don't want them. Worst comes to worst, I'll have grape juice to drink the next morning or something. So I got out of my car and grabbed a couple of grape juices, hopped back in and put them in my council. They were nice and cold and took off down the road. And then I would turned off on a, a side road to go over toward the over area, which is out in the middle of the sticks in the middle of nowhere. So it's a driving rain. And my headlights come upon a couple walking by to the side of the road. And she actually looked like she was drunk. I mean, she was staggering, wobbling and all this stuff going on. And I'm like, and I felt that impression, uh, pick them up. And it's like, no, it's 1 a.m. in the morning. Who am I picking up? You know, I, by the way, I would advise that for anyone to be very careful. And they came again, pick them up. So finally, I turned my car around the road and I came back around. And I pulled up, you guys need a ride? Yes, we need a ride. And they got in the back seat of my car, drenched water all over my seats. And I said, well, what's wrong with your girl there? He said, well, She's having a hypoglycemic attack. I said, great. God had me pick up two grape juices for you. So I opened my console and handed it to them. They didn't know what to say. They said, who are you? Are you an angel? I said, no, I assure you angels don't drive Camaros. But here are the two grape. And that grape juice snapped them right out of, snapped her out of her attack. And then I said, where do you guys live? They said, about 15 miles down the road. I said, I'll take you home. So I drove them home, and on the way there, they go, are you sure you're not an angel? I said, I'm pretty positive I'm not an angel. And I dropped them off, and I left smiling. They offered to pay me. I said, no, I don't need no money. I'm glad I was able to pick you up. But just that simple, pick that up. And I didn't know where that was going to lead. I just, I, I said, okay, I'll pick it up. But what I had picked up was just what she needed. And I think, wow. What a story. No one would believe me if I told them. But things like that have happened to me over and over. Another good chance. We were in um, we were in Honduras. I was doing a pastor's conference. And we needed to find this one pastor in this big city of about 250,000. We didn't know where to look. And we were in a supermarket. And I walked by the checkout. And the Lord said, uh, she works with youth like a youth pastor. Give her that word. And I said to my interpreter, I think I've got a word for the cashier. So he interpreted for me. She wound up being the daughter of the pastor we were looking for. Hmm. 
it was like finding a needle in the haystack. And so sometimes the promptings, you might feel like you miss it, but more times than not, they'll wind up being something amazing that you can look back at how you heard the voice of God. Right, but Pastor Gail, oftentimes we discount them as nonsense. Correct. Isn't that interesting? My sheep know my voice, right. but maybe it should say, are my sheep listening? Hmm. Tell me you this. Know, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, tell me the story of the two quarters. I'm so drawn in by this because it was during the COVID-19 pandemic, and obviously we know what that was all like. There was, It seemed like yeah. there was, you know, the whole world was on fire. It seemed like people were uptight or on edge. You went to a, you went to a store and realized you have a mask on, Got some interesting looks, uh, and then you can take the story from here. Yes, and then I decided to go get my car vacuumed out. So I pull up to my gas pump, and another lady from another culture, I won't say what culture it was, she pulled up to the, uh, not the gas pump, but to vacuum her car out, and God said, go put two quarters on her pump, on her vacuum. I said, what? Two quarters. She's wearing a mask. I'm I'm like, "Ah." What's she going to say to me? So I thought, I'll do the hit and run method. I'll run over there real quick. I'll lay the quarters down and I'll run away. You know, I went over, laid the quarters down. She goes, well, hi. Well, thank you. I said, well, I just really felt impressed by the Lord that I should lay two quarters on your pump. And then the Lord spoke to my heart and said, ask her about her son. That was the next step I felt. I said, hey, I really feel in my heart that the Lord wants me to ask you about your son. Do you have a son? Oh, man, she said, I have a son. I, I just come off a 10-day a fast. You're the first one I've talked to since the fast. I've been praying for my son. And she started putting her hands on the air. We wound up praying by the, by the vacuum for her son. And it all became because I felt the impression lay down the two quarters. And... I could have easily brushed that off as nonsense. You know, I could have easily said, no, I'm not going to do it. And you know what? I would have never known the end result. That's the thing. If you don't follow through and walk them out by faith, this is faith radio, folks. If you don't walk out those things by faith, you'll never know what you missed. Mm. Okay? And so you might say, well, what if it makes me look like... uh, a goofball. An idiot. Well, yeah. the Bible says we're fools for Christ. Right. So, um, that was going to be my next question, Pastor Gale. Have I'm sure at some point you've made a fool out of yourself, maybe, or you've maybe well, yeah. you've maybe you mis- know, misheard the yeah. the message. I don't know about the message, but I'll say this: um, No, anybody who's tried to walk this out, everybody misses it from time to time. Huh. But if your message is edification, exhortation, and comfort, you can't go wrong. Mm. You might feel like you really blew it, or you might feel like you're an idiot, but you don't know the impact of that. You know, so, yeah, I've missed that at times, like, where I, I didn't do something. But you know what? I didn't know what would have been the end result if I would have walked it out, right? Right. right. Pastor but, Gale, we're down to the final three minutes, and I just I have to know, uh, as we have people listening to Faith Radio all over the country and all over the world, we are so hungry. People are so hungry for encounters with the divine in everyday life. How? How do you do it? 
How do you hear from God? What do you have to do? Are there tangible steps? I know that there are people probably listening right now going, um, <clears throat> I got my notepaper and I got my pencil and I'm ready to go. Tangible steps, number one. A lot of people today don't pray more than 10 minutes a day. Tangible step number one is get in your prayer closet and read your Bible and start listening for those impressions. Or just having step a conversation two, with God at all times. Yeah. And and the second step would be start stepping out when you feel those impressions. You don't have to know where it's going to lead. A smile, an encouraging word. Or how about this? Let's keep it really simple. You see someone in need, you know they have an obvious physical need. Can I pray for you? Would you let me pray for you? And I, I've only been turned down for prayer once. He was walking with a cane. And he goes, I don't need no prayer. Well, that's okay then. But more times than not, I prayed for people in wheelchairs. I remember going up the elevator one time, and there was a famous country western singer in her wheelchair, a Christian singer. And with her bodyguards, and the impression was, go pray with her. And so I called her out by name and told her that I really felt God wanted me to pray for her. And she let her bodyguards go to the side. I came in and out by her wheelchair and prayed with her. And so just start stepping out. Just offer to pray for people that you see are hurting. If you watch, <laughs> one of my board members said, you ruined it for me, gal. You ruined it. I go, what? She goes, I went to Walmart, and all I saw was God opportunities all over the place. <laughs> she said, people on hobbling and on canes, there's plenty of opportunities just to start offering to pray for somebody. Just dip your toe in the water a little bit. But if we've got to be willing to, a lot of us see faith as a risk. But I tell you, the rewards far outweigh the risks. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for and yet not seen. It's a substance. So faith is. So I pray for your listeners. Hmm. Pastor Gail, we pray for you too. Thank you for joining Afternoons with Bill Arnold. And the, the book is called God Moments. Amazing Encounters with the Divine in Everyday Life. Pastor Gail Crott on Afternoons with Bill Arnold here on Faith Radio. Have a great night. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.